Hello, my beautiful woman and listeners. My guest this week is Cheryl Burke, an Emmy-nominated professional dancer with 25 years of dancing experience and several championship titles under her belt. You may know her through the hit ABC TV show, Dancing with the Stars. What I loved about my conversation with Cheryl is how absolutely open she is about her story. She is an open book and just so authentic and vulnerable. And I just appreciate every single minute of our chat. We talk about all things public eye, as in being in the public eye, morning routines, mental health, and much more. I hope you listen to this episode and leave knowing that everyone has a story to tell and many people we encounter in our day or our week are going through something that we know nothing of. And it's so important to be gentle on people and to extend as much kindness as humanly possible because we are all a work in progress, even people on TV or on Instagram. So I'm very grateful to Cheryl for her vulnerability in this episode and for keeping it so real. I think that you will see a new side to her and get to know a part of her that we can all absolutely relate to. So enjoy this episode. Let's get over to my conversation with Cheryl. Welcome to the Woman Inc. podcast. This is the place for the new generation of women looking to lead the life of their absolute dreams. I'm your host, Jenna Toddy, entrepreneur, life coach, and strategist for modern businesswomen and entrepreneurs. I am a city girl, sriracha lover, and that friend who will hype you up when you forget how powerful you truly are. I am on a mission to make Women Inc. the most powerful network of women who are leveling up, owning what they want, and becoming who they've always wanted to be. Have you ever wondered what it would look like if you went all in on yourself? No turning back. If so, you are in the right place, my girl. Let's get started. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you. Thanks for having me. I love all the work that you do. Thank you. Okay, so first... In my head, I'm like, okay, there's Dancing with the Stars, Cheryl, which of course everyone knows. And you're this public figure and like doing your thing on stage in front of millions of people, right? And then I just think of like this version of you that very few people probably get to see. And this version of you that's probably like your most authentic self, I could guess. And I want to kind of talk with that, Cheryl, too. Like that, I want to dive into okay. that version of you because I love your focus on mental health. I think that it's going to help so many people. So first, can we kind of just start with you getting into the public eye and how that came about and your career as a dancer and a professional dancer? Well, thank you for that. I mean, like, look, this is my most vulnerable side, I guess you could say. And um, something that I'm more like authentic, I think when it comes to just my story, I mean, your story is your story, right? And I'm not a certified therapist or anything, but I do, you know, believe in therapy, obviously, I'm currently in it, and I will be for the rest of my life and have been. But you know, how did I 
I guess, get here. It's, um, well, ballroom dancing, I guess, is the reason, right? Thank God for the platform that um, has been given to me and I've been blessed with. And I've done Dancing with Stars now for 25 seasons and uh, not 25 years, but <laughs> 25 seasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it has created such a, I guess, a huge platform in a way where, you know, it's like, what's life after dancing with the stars. But for me, you know, I never got into acting, never was really into that. You know, it was, I'm an introvert at heart. Um, I don't believe that you're both. I, I don't believe that you're either, either or. I believe that, you know, you're a little bit of both. But for me, when I'm dancing, it's my release. It's my way of expressing who I am authentically. Like I don't fake anything. You won't see me rehearse like facial expressions or anything like that. Like it comes from an authentic place. And as a little girl, dancing was my way of expressing myself through movement because I wasn't able to talk. So like when it comes to um, communicating my feelings, I'm still learning how to do that, right? Like because you see what you see on the dance floor is my authentic self, but without words, right? And it's through motion. But when I have now been in therapy like for over a decade, it has helped me put that motion into words, I guess you can say. And it because of Dancing with the Stars, I you know, I credit them solely really for giving me a platform to be able to talk about my experience. It's always been really easy for me to tell my story because it's my story. I love, 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 love that. And I think just the idea for me going on stage gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> no, it does. Um, As I get older, it actually is worse for me, for sure. Yeah. And like even just every recording I do, even though I'm doing this because I love it, I get so just like all of the things that could go wrong and in my head and like a little right, anxious, Yes. You know? Me too, girl. Um, yes. So I can totally relate to that. But it is your authentic self. Like it's who you are. It's just mm -hmm. a version of of you. But right. Being in this public eye, like, and mental, speaking of mental health, right? Like knowing that millions of people are watching you. And I think it's like 700,000 people are watching you on Instagram. Do you have this sense of like, when you're walking through the grocery store or the airport, like these people know me, and I need to act like, right? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. You know, those are the thoughts that get really, really loud in my head. And as I've been sober now for over three years, they've gotten louder and louder. And that's why I say, like, I understand how you feel because my anxiety, I realize that it, I do have social anxiety. So when you ask me, like, what is it like to go and walk through the airports or go to the grocery store or whatever, be a normal human being and surrounding yourself with people that may just come up to you and, you know, express whatever they want to express, it is scary for me because I used to numb through alcohol and I used to feel completely out of touch. And I always say that I'm a professional number because the thoughts in my head got really loud and I quieted, that, I quieted them down by using alcohol. And now that I've been sober, it's like relearning again on how to do all of this and to do it and not care about what people think and to also not believe your thoughts. You know, we're not our thoughts. So it's like to try and it's pretty deep, but like try to observe, you know, your thoughts from just sitting back and just letting it be and knowing that whatever feelings come up, that too shall pass, you know? Yes. And no, we go really deep always. So yes. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so yeah, speaking of being sober, congratulations. You've been sober for three Thank years, you. correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. A little over now, but yeah. It's amazing. 
I have been drawing for only 30 days. Like I don't, That's okay. I don't drink a lot in general, but I did dry January and yeah, some congrats. Thank you. But I love it and I feel so clear. Yeah. And something that one I two things I've noticed. One, people really don't like when you don't drink when you're with out with people. Drinking. They're bullying you. Yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> I used to be God. that bully. <laughs> Yes. So when you became sober, was it something that the were the people in your life like you should probably, you know, stop drinking so much or were they shocked and it was something you were struggling with silently? Well, I'm an addict. So I think though, for me to actually wrap my head around that, that is pretty a, a bold statement, right? To say, I just did that just recently. So like the fact that, you know, my father was an alcoholic, I don't believe it's hereditary. I believe it's a disease. And I think we can be addicted to anything, right? Like you could be addicted to arts and crafts, my new thing, <laughs> or you could be addicted to poison, you know, and like you could be addicted to abusive relationships like I was, you know, so there's like, it's just, I'm very excessive, right? I can only speak for myself and it's either like go in or go home. Like this is what I used to do with all my drinking buddies. It was like, if you're not drinking, you have no place here. Right. So it's like this constant bullying. And I know how what you feel because, you know, when I got sober though, and I was kind of expecting this to happen, your friends change, right? So you're, mm-hmm. you no longer have that in common, nor do you have anything against them, but you have to kind of accept that, you know, we all evolve as humans. And whether that is together with the same group of friends, then great. And if it's not, then great. You know, it's like at the end of the day, you know, we, I strive to grow. And that's my main thing is that I don't ever want to feel stagnant. So with that has, you know, my life's changed a lot. And the numbing thing that you spoke on, I think is so real. And when you stop numbing, it's probably quite scary. Scary. Yeah. The reality and the truth, right? Yeah. Well, the feelings in general, like, Look, I think there are so many different types of feelings, but sometimes you just can't label it and put words to it and you have to let it be because if you hold back the feelings and numb, it's going to bite you in the ass. You know, it'll come back way worse and uh, you won't know how to handle it because it'll be overwhelming. I'm speaking from experience. Like when my father passed, I don't think I actually grieve, you know, and I, and now I feel like I, I'm getting the repercussions now that I've been sober and same when I got molested when I was a little girl same thing. Like I just wasn't able to process. I'm because I don't know if it's because I'm a dancer, but I'm pretty good at um, looking like everything's okay. Right. Because I can just put my feelings aside and you know, the body keeps score. I'm not sure if you've read that book, but it is a brilliant book about trauma and how your body, you can't tell your body what to do or how to feel like it is what it is. I mean, you can tell your body what to do, but not how to feel. And sometimes you can disconnect the mind from the body but it's just never going to do you any good in the long run. Yes. You have been through so much. First, I just want to honor you and acknowledge you because I'm so inspired by you and the woman that you are and, and the work that you're doing now with everything you've been through. Like, I just have so much respect for you. So thanks. <laughs> and so I do this meditation every morning where I like bring in my little girl self and I speak to her and I give her love and I That's tell her she's safe. And it's been so healing for me. Do you feel like um, with the trauma you've experienced, you have had to go to the past to really like do some work there? 
Yeah. I'm actually currently, so I have my therapist that I see regularly once a week for the past decade, as I mentioned, but then I am also starting this new thing. It's called somatic intelligence and it's with, it's a private one-on-one session, but I just started it and oh my goodness, like because I'm a performer and because I basically, I feel like I was an Olympian before Dancing with the Stars, you know, the just put on a smile and just do it. Like literally the person that is coaching me through this whole experience was like, you don't need to do that here. Like, and then I've realized too, that there's a safety issue with me. There's the Mm -hmm. trust of being vulnerable or even with myself. It's like, when you say that you're doing a meditation about, you know, mothering that inner child, that's literally on my vision board. It's mothering my inner child and like with compassion and my word of the year is grace, right? And to do it with grace because like people know me as this taskmaster on Dancing with the Stars, but think about what I am like to myself. Like it's even worse, right? And that's an edited version. It's Disney (laughs) friendly, right? But like I, you know, grew up with hardcore people around me in a good way and in a bad way. Like the compassion, the empathy and the love that I need for myself, I maybe feel like I never really got growing up, but it made me into a hard ass, but not in a way where I'm proud of it either. Like vulnerability is courage, right? And so it's like, I'm really still learning and I definitely need to look up that meditation you're doing because that sounds amazing. Yes. It's actually Shayun who, um, uh, her husband. Nice. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. I like um, it. I'll send it to you. But okay. Okay. So being on, I just like have this vision now of like you going through all of these things, like getting sober, dealing with your, healing your trauma, <laughs> and then just in front of America, dancing the tango and like, <laughs> and it goes 25 story, seasons like, of it. Oh my God, 25 seasons. And I can relate. Like, I know how to turn it on, Cheryl. Like, I. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we're in the entertainment business. We have to. Yes. Yes. And you get so good at it. For the women listening who are in this stage right now of like suppress, suppress, numb, numb, but just like smiling and showing up. What do you feel like was the point where you're like, no more? Like, I need to get into my power. You know, I, after, first of all, like, as I've been getting sober and during the pandemic, I really turned inwards, I guess you could say. I know it's cliche, but I got really curious as to how our minds and bodies work and our intelligence in general. And I was never a great student, to be quite honest, but like this fascinates me and it always has. Not necessarily psych- like psychology, it's more about just like the trauma and learn and why we process certain things the way we do. And it really made me take that next step into, okay, let's start from the beginning, you know, like, why is it like, why is it bad to suppress your feelings? Why can't I numb? Why can't I numb through exercise? Why do I, I mean, even if I'm sober, like, why can I numb through doing whatever I like to do? Because it develops this trauma, like you're just repeating the same thing over and over again. And at the end of the day, you're stuck with yourself, right? You can only change you. Um, And we, I, can only speak for myself. I definitely <laughs> used to try and change everybody around me thinking it was their fault, but never took accountability of my own shit, right? Sorry, I don't know if you can swear. Oh, no, you're, um, good. you're good. But like, it's so important because that's the only person that we are stuck with for the rest of our lives, right? 
And if you don't love you, how do you love anybody else? And I know it's been said a million times, but it's really real. Like it, it can't be more real than that. And also, how much freedom does that give you knowing that you can evolve and that you can be a better self and that you could do the work that is needed to do in order to, you know, lead with love and not fear and also face the fear and not acknowledge it because like it's a real thing. But again, this too shall pass, you know, and at least that's the first step. I mean, also in AA, it's like admitting what it is, like acknowledging that it is what it is and just let it be. And I think when you start to face your feelings or whatever fear it is, you realize it's actually not that bad, that we've all gone through so much worse, right? Yeah. Um, And then you become closer to yourself. You have developed a bond within yourself. Yeah, so powerful. It's like, just turn the other way. We're always running, running, Always, just yeah. Blaming, blaming, blaming. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, just own it and face it and be honest. And then Mm -hmm. it can't have power over you. Right. And it's really nobody else's fault, no matter what happens, right? Like if this person's acting, if, oh, she was rude. Again, this, we don't know what's going on with her life, right? Like we always selfishly think it's about us or she's looking at me weird. Like I'm very um, like hyper-focused and aware of like my surroundings um, because of, you know, I think because of what happened, the trauma as a kid, and then also with dancing, like you have to be kind of hyper vigilant. And I always thought it was a good thing, but it's not great because we tend to then like focus on everything and every single person's body language. And we think it has everything to do with us. It's pretty self-centered and selfish in a way, but really it has nothing to do with us. Like whenever I feel insecure, I know outwardly I project um, maybe a little bit of distance or I'm cold hearted or whatever, but that's really within me. That has nothing to do with a person, right? Yeah. Yes. That's so good. Yes. Like it's if like- I feel like I'm wearing a dance costume and I don't look good in it, I'm going to probably be really bitchy to my partner because I don't feel good inside. Right. Or like maybe not perform as well as you did in practice. Oh, totally. Yes. I've got many stories about that. Like my thoughts got the best of me when I used to perform and I didn't know what to do. And this was before I got sober. So I just drank more, you know, like literally my, my thoughts like go the other way, sway the other way. I, I screwed it all up for my dance partner and I'm not the celebrity. I'm the dance teacher. Right. So like it could honestly take you, it could take over your whole system, but like, why don't we have control over our intelligence? Why don't we read the user's manual for that? You know, like it is vital. Yes. And it's like you probably started dancing because you loved it and it made you like feel you had fun doing it and it was like play. Yeah. And then all well, it was my sudden, expression. It was my emotion. Like yeah. the only way I can express emotion was through movement for some reason. I love that. So with mental health, and this is such a huge focus for your life, I know, I really believe that those topics that we feel passionate about speaking about and guiding people in they're given to us on purpose. It's like not everyone mm-hmm. has that thing, right? So honoring that I think is so important, which I love that you're going all in on this. But why do you think mental health in particular? Because mental health is just as important as your physical health. I've realized that it without mental health, there is no physical health. I think that is the most important thing is like if we're not all there here and here in our hearts, how can we even project any type of positivity or feel good? Like you can't just 
feel you have to feel good from the inside to be able to outwardly project and that all has to do with your own inner work and i realized that because as a little girl you know my mom thought i was deaf when i was four years old but really it was the ptsd that i was going through right and so I was never that girl who sat in the front of the classroom. Like I was the girl who sat in the back. I was a loner, kind of gothic. Really? Um, grew, oh my grew up so too fast. Girl, like when I first moved to LA, I had no sense of identity. You know, the ballroom competitive world is very much, I say this a lot. I mean, there's been so many great things. So I hope people don't get upset, but it's like, it is a man's world, you know? And in a way, like no one asks for our, our opinion. No one cared. And when I came to LA and they were like, here, let's sit down and do an interview. Tell me where you, where you're from, who you are, what your favorite color is. I couldn't even answer the question. And I had an English accent, which was so weird. And I had a little mousy voice. Like I really did. Like if you look on my Instagram, you'll see like my bang for up to here, which is fine. I'm not judging it. I'm giving that little girl love. But like still, it was very much, I felt a lot of compassion for her, I guess, because just lost, just completely lost and just no sense of self. And I realized, you know, because of Dancing with the Stars, it has forced me to create my own identity and to figure all this stuff out that, you know, maybe I was too late in growth, like, but who cares? There's no label. It's never too late to work on yourself and to first admit, okay, look, we are all a work in progress. And it's important to really, really know that, not necessarily preach it, but really know that and then act upon it. Yes. And were you keeping that within you? Like, was that something that you went through silently when you say you were like not using your voice and you had this like, Oh yeah. Like I don't, I was very much, I got into like very controlling relationships from my dance partners to, um, boyfriends and stuff like that. But that was uh, just a reflection on, um, you know, my mom and dad's relationship. And then they divorced when I was two. And then just the men in general, the men, the man who molested me and like thinking that equated like love, right? So that equals love is someone who's controlling, someone who can groom me, someone who can speak for me, somebody who doesn't need to ask me for my opinion because they don't care. Like, and then when there was a nice guy that came around, it was kind of like, Mm, I didn't understand what that was. And it was a turnoff at that time because I didn't love myself. And look, I don't, I think it's since I've been a lot clearer in my head, um, Mm -hmm. it has made me just very curious. And I just think it's very important in life in general to stay curious because then what is the purpose, right? Wow. That's um, really, really profound. It's, you couldn't even recognize. No was treating you right because you didn't even know where to like categorize that or put that. So watching back now, if you ever were to see like a clip of you 25 seasons ago to now, can you see that in your movement? Like, do you feel like you were more tense or constrained or, or is, is it something you were just truly dealing with internally? I think it's the opposite. I think I was more free because Mm -hmm. I didn't put words to it. So then for me, it was kind of like, okay, there was no pressure, right? So now 25 seasons later with the pressure of, okay, when I first moved here, I won twice in a row. I thought I was going to go back to Harlem with my dance partner and go back to competitive dancing and be a starving dancer. I never thought that this was going to be my life. So then why I didn't care so much now that I overthink and analyze everything and try (laughs) to micromanage it all and so controlling and I'm working on that currently. It has actually done the opposite where I feel like I perform tense because I'm so worried about the outside that I'm forgetting my authentic self. 
And all I had when I moved here was uh, one suitcase and my authentic self at that time. Now, I'm not saying that at, that's just as a performer. I, of course, now as a person and as um, advocate for mental health, there's so much growth. And I'm not saying like even as a performer, there wasn't growth. There is so much growth. This is part of the growth, right? There's no judgment there. Yeah. No, I mean, the reason I asked you the airport thing is because I travel <laughs> like every other week. Uh-huh. And I look so insane sometimes. Like my hair will be just like... Oh, I'm definitely crazy. look like... Yeah, I look crazy yeah. too. Hoodie, just, hat on top of the hoodie. <laughs> Ma- Thank God yeah. for masks. It helps with my social anxiety, which is honestly real. Like now I'm like, oh, great. I can hide behind the mask. Oh yeah, the mask is actually, I'm sure changed everything. But yeah, I think about yeah. that. No one knows or cares who I am right now. But yeah. I think that, that would be a lot of pressure every day. Um, well, yeah, it gets me kind of paranoid because I'm hypervigilant. So I'm like, oh my God, this person has a camera phone and I'm yes. like, who knows what I look like. But really, oh well. It right. is what or it like is, you, you know. argument with your husband or something, like a normal thing and someone's like live streaming you. I mean, Oh yeah. no, yeah. That's why I don't fight in public. <laughs> You're like, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the good thing is my voice is very monotone. So this is me, happy, sad, angry. You know, yes. this is how I sound always. I don't ever yell. Oh my God, so funny. <laughs> so how would you define your version of being fully in your most authentic power? How do you know you're in your like highest, highest self? Every morning, you know, I realize with any hard um, thing I'm going through in my life or whatever, I realize that I'm the most vulnerable every time I wake up. Like that first 30 minutes is when I need to get my ass in a chair and meditate and journal. Because if I feed my dog before that or walk her, it's like, it really throws me off. And then I start to, instead of feel it in my body and allow it, I tend to easily, it's like a bad habit, right? Like I know how to do that. So like, it's a professional like skill that I'm not proud of, but I could easily just write in my gratitude journal and make it, I could see the difference from when it's the morning or if it's two hours later. So I know that, you know, vulnerability, like my, my mother, you know, she's Filipina and vulnerability to her growing up when she grew up in poverty in the Philippines before she moved to America was weakness, you know, in the Asian culture in general, it's not necessarily welcomed with open arms. And lately I've realized, I mean, just recently, like a few years ago, Brene Brown, this whole thing, you know, it's a movement. And I believe that it takes more courage to be vulnerable than it does not to be, right? Than to be this hard ass, you know, girl who just, you know, it looks from the outside in that nothing affects me, but that's not true. It's actually quite the opposite. Yeah. And I think it's so powerful too, to other people watching you, knowing that you are real and you have real life insecurities yeah (laughs) yes always and people can look at you and say like okay what i'm going through i'm not alone and i Mm. I just think it's so important i talk to so many girls and the social media thing is it's so real oh my goodness i mean i started dancing with the stars and there was no such thing but there were message boards and that killed me you know and it's like and that's why i tell my story obviously every time selfishly i tell it because it is very therapeutic every time i do an interview like this or i get to learn more about myself um but mainly because i wrote a book years ago and that was the first time i ever professed my you know child abuse and the amount of emails and love and support that I got was just, you know, undeniable. And it was so, um, it made me also not feel like I was alone, you know, cause there was, a, there's a lot of shame 
and you know, shame honestly kill you. Like if you hold it in. So yes, you have to let that go. And I know what you're you saying. You gotta too. first say it and then let it go. Yeah. Like first acknowledge it and love that little girl who feels shame and just know that, you know, you're not alone, period. Never. So what is next then, Cheryl Burke? What is going on in your life? Oh my gosh, so many five? changes. <laughs> yeah. Break it down. Well, let's start for the next five days. Now I'm kidding. Um <laughs> yeah, I am yeah, the next five minutes. Um, okay, well, I'm currently working on a dance program called Body Language, and I'm doing it with a certified therapist. And I basically want to share my experience of how dance has been therapeutic in my life and share it with the world mm-hmm. and do so in the comfort of your own home, no partner needed. And it's not a dance exercise program. It's just about being very much aware in your body and knowing how to isolate, knowing how... knowing just feeling grounded so that if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you're at work and during your lunch break, you're like, I got to get out of this funk. You just need to go to body language, quickly do whatever you want to do, however you want to release it and feel better. Like it's simple, right? Very simple. And I think people get very overwhelmed with the word dance. Like you don't need to have any dance experience. You don't need to have a dance partner, but a lot of the dances are from dances you've seen me do on Dancing with the Stars. But you know, nowadays there's no partner needed. You don't need to have any rhythm. It honestly is your intention is to purely just make yourself feel good. You know, so good. Tell me as soon as you launch. I will. I hopefully it's this year. Yeah. I love dancing and I'm not a good dancer, but I love dancing. No, but it's okay. But that's why I like to say movement because everyone moves, right? Like even if you can't walk, it doesn't matter. You can still move your arms and your upper body. And there's so many ways of moving that I think is not intimidating. And I think people need to know that any type of movement when when intentional about it is great for you, for the soul. Yeah. No, my sister's a professional dancer. Like, Oh, really? And somehow, yes, I've, they skipped me for sure. My um, sister too, yeah. by the way. She has, has really? no okay, idea. Yeah. <laughs> but she could sing though. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Don't have that one either. No, no. Um, it's okay. <laughs> so, You're gorgeous. Thank you. So are you. And I just <laughs> love you. your energy. Like I just feel so comfortable talking to you and you're so okay. real. And I just like this interview has brought me so much joy. But the last question I have for you, which is what I ask everyone what would be your number one piece of advice for a woman who is either wanting to start her own business or just go all in on herself towards Mm -hmm. the life she really wants? Well, do so with grace and do so with love and patience. Because if anyone out there is like me, I'm the most impatient person in the world and I want results, results, results. But there are no results without the journey. And I've realized this also on Dancing with the Stars. It's never about the mirror ball trophy. It's only about the journey. Whether it is a great one or not, don't judge it. I think it's important to really enjoy the journey because that's what makes for good good stories. That's the lessons that you learn, you know, failure equals success. It's not the other way around. And yeah, just one day at a time, one hour at a time. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. You're so great to talk to you. You're a great interviewer. Oh, thank you. I just, I always just ask what I It's very natural. Yeah, you're not by the script, which is great. No, I don't have a script ever. I have like an idea beforehand. And then I guess where can everyone, 
at Cheryl Burke, right? On at Instagram. Cheryl Burke. Yep. I'm on all those platforms. And um, you can go to my website as well, CherylBurke.com. Official CherylBurke.com. Thank you so much. For thank you. Today. And thank, thank you so much. Keep doing great work. Thank you. You too. Bye. Okay. I hope you enjoyed this episode and are feeling so fired up to go out there and create that business or side hustle that's been on your to-do list, you know, a little bit longer than you care to admit. It is never too late to make the first step towards the life you want more than anything else. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep becoming the woman of your wildest dreams.